You're listening to Public Safety First, a podcast to help you learn about the First Responder Network Authority and how you can be part of the future of public safety technology. Good afternoon, I'm Harry Markley. I'm the Law Enforcement uh, Senior Advisor for the FirstNet Authority. I am here at the ICP conference uh, with Sheriff uh, Rich Stanick from the Hennepin County Sheriff's Office. Uh, here to talk a little bit about um, FirstNet and uh, how it's benefited his agency and also about his, his new role on the FirstNet board. So, Sheriff, thanks for joining me today. Yeah, my pleasure. Thanks for uh, having me here. Um, you know, as you said, my role with FirstNet is I serve on the FirstNet board, um, which is um, not necessarily a technical position, but more of a, a policy setting uh, component of FirstNet. I represent public safety, myself and Richard Ross, the commissioner out of Philadelphia. Uh, we represent the police officers, firefighters, and medics across the country as we integrate uh, FirstNet. Wonderful. Can you tell me just <clears throat> a couple of use case scenarios or just a couple of examples of how FirstNet is benefiting your agency now. What's unique about FirstNet is that it is singularly built for public safety. Our cops, our firefighters, our emergency medical service providers with redundancy, encryption, hardened, and as much as we know about it today, in the years to come, I think it will continue to grow and expand, and all people can do today is dream about what might be the next three, four, five, ten years out with the advent of FirstNet. Wonderful. Sheriff, I spent uh, just over 31 years in law enforcement myself, and I can tell you in my time the tremendous uh, differences and changes in communication. How has communication changed in your time as, as sheriff even, or just since your time in law enforcement? Yeah, tremendously. You know, when I, uh, when I started 35 years ago with Minneapolis Police, uh, we had handheld radios, but they were literally a bricks. Uh, they were big, they were heavy, they were cumbersome. And, you know, we didn't have cell phones back there, and then, you know, cell phones started coming on scene, smart devices, iPads. Uh, folks uh, barely had laptops. Now today, you know, I told folks earlier this morning, I buy a new smart device uh, once a year, sometimes twice a year, because the technology has changed so much and I, I couldn't imagine going back to a day 35 years ago riding a squad car uh, patrolling a neighborhood without a smart device to keep me connected that's where FirstNet comes in you know and again and folks who have been here for years and years in public safety versus men and women who are just starting out who have grown up with this tremendous difference between the two thank you I can just uh, <clears throat> Speaking from my own experience, when I came on in 1986, uh, we didn't issue radios to police officers. Our radio was uh, part of the car. Uh, you slid into the car, and at the end of the shift, you took it out, you turned it into the front desk. And uh, you fast forward now, and uh, you know you have officers that are issued smartphones, and officers that are issued laptops, and officers that are issued iPads and radios, and it's really changed the face of police work. It's also changed the, the, the way that dispatchers and the public can communicate with the police. It's been a fantastic uh, a fantastic way to, to change policing. Um, you guys recently held a Super Bowl in your city. Can you tell me how FirstNet helped you uh, further that mission? Yep, so over the last 12 years, we've had uh, four significant public safety events that have uh, come upon Minneapolis and the Hennepin County area. You know, the I-35 bridge collapse, we've talked about uh, at length. Uh, the All-Star Game, the Super Bowl, the Republican National Convention. 
The last one, though, was a Super Bowl back in February of 2018. And no matter which team you were rooting for, at the end of the day, everybody was rooting for the cops, the fire, and EMS. Uh, for the first time, you know, we were interconnected. This was not an easy task. We had to have thousands of police officers and firefighters and EMS on scene. Uh, there isn't any single one agency in my county, or I'd venture very many counties or cities across this country that could handle that by themselves. So you rely on mutual aid. You rely on your neighboring communities to come in and assist. And in order to do that, you have to have that common denominator, which is the interoperability, whether it's through a radio system and or through data. And data played a big role in this year's Super Bowl. And Sheriff, I know that we mentioned previously, but you have a new board position with FirstNet. Can you tell me, where do you see the future of FirstNet being? And, and, and under your leadership, where would you like to see it go? Yeah, you know, I'm, I'm excited. I mean, I, I think about going back 12, 13, 14 years ago when, you know, we had a lot of discussion about what a FirstNet type scenario might look like. And in Congress doing the appropriation of monies, getting FirstNet started, uh, I joined the board four years ago coming in representing public safety. Now today I serve as the vice chair of the board and chair of the, uh, the outreach uh, public policy or public safety advocacy committee. I think about the members of the board, you know, made up of uh, several government officials like Department of Homeland Security or Department of Justice or the Office of Management and Budget. Uh, but really it's about the private sector and the public sector working together. Myself, Richard Ross, uh, what was Jeff Johnson, the, uh, the fire chief, uh, or Kevin McGinnis, an EMS uh, paramedic coordinator. And, you know, we worked hand in hand with our private sector partners in order to provide the, the technical side, the operational side of what FirstNet has now become and will become moving into the future. And so, Sheriff, to expound on that just a little bit, I know that, uh, I mean, you're a sheriff of a large county and you have a lot of, a lot of work to do, and I'm sure it keeps you very busy. So we're very happy that you, that you have taken this position with us. But just a very uh, a basic question, that is, why do you serve on the board? What, what uh, is your motivation for serving on the FirstNet board? You know, my motivation was just that I watched uh, what happened on September 11th of 2001, like everyone, in terms of the interconnectivity, interoperability of a land mobile radio system. I also know, though, watching the horrific images on TV and talking with first responders out of New York and Pennsylvania and Washington, D.C., and some of the things that they saw at the time, and it wasn't so much what they saw, it's what they wished they had, which was something to connect them all together, pushing the data, pushing data from the scene of the incident out to the firefighters who were arriving or to responding police, whether state, local, or federal agencies. If you think about just 17 short years ago, how far we've come in this country, FirstNet was one of the recommendations out of the 9-11 the Commission report, meaning interoperability of data and providing a public safety network that's built just for us. You know, I don't mind having a personal phone with a different network, but what I get with FirstNet is I get end-to-end -end encryption. I get a hardened network that's built for what I do and the men and women who work in my agency do every single day. I get what is enough data allowed to be able to push things out to the responding men and women on scene. Whether it's somebody takes a video of a, of a carjacking or a fire or a crash out on the highway, I will be able to 
get that at my dispatch center and then turn around and get that out to the men and women who are responding to the scene, it is seamless and it will be a big boon, a big boost to public safety when we're able to do that as a regular occasion rather than you know, a trial or a test period. So Sheriff, I'd be interested in hearing your opinion on what you think the future of public safety will be uh, as FirstNet evolves and becomes more, I guess, used by agencies around the country. You know, that's a really, uh, it's a great question, but also a dangerous question, because we talked about, you know, you've, you've got uh, three decades of a law enforcement experience. I have three decades. I don't think we could have envisioned three decades ago where we're at today much less the advent of FirstNet helping boost us into the future. And so I think, the, I think the future is not as clear as I would like it to be because I'm not quite sure what may come out of the next 12 months, 24, 36 months. One thing's for sure, I'll probably get a new smart device or two. One thing's for sure as FirstNet continues to roll out across this country, more and more communities, both urban and rural, across this country will be interconnected. And the one thing I know for sure is that every day there is a polarizing incident that happens somewhere in this country, sometimes more. It may be a school shooting. It may be a natural disaster. FirstNet will be on scene to provide resources and services to local law enforcement, fire, and EMS in order to help them mitigate and recover as we would wish. And uh, Sheriff, I couldn't agree with you more when you say we don't know, and uh, because technology changes so fast. I can tell you that uh, you know, 10, 11, 12 years ago, whenever they came up with the iPhone, there was a couple hundred apps that were available, and I know that I was really intrigued that I could turn my phone sideways and the picture would flip sideways. Or I could make my fingers pinch them in and out and the picture would get smaller or larger. And that was the extent of the, the fascination with the iPhone at that time. Uh, and now you fast forward that 10, 11, or 12 years and there's I couldn't tell you how many apps, thousands and thousands of apps. And the phone has 512 gigs of memory and it has the ability to do the computing that is far beyond any computing we could have ever imagined just five years ago. So what the future holds, it's exciting to know, but it's so much is unknown because technology moves so fast. Well, let me just add to that for a minute because I, you know, going back just, you don't even have to go back very far, just a couple decades ago. You know, if you had a, if you had a bank robbery in one of the suburbs of my county, now you'd be lucky if you could get a photo from the bank robbery, and if you could send it to someone, it probably was a fax, a black and white fax, which wasn't very detailed in terms of description. Uh, today, I can get a colored JPEG photo directly from the bank to my dispatch back out to the squad car uh, within a matter of minutes in some cases. It may be more direct connect than that as the future moves forward. Or like I talked about earlier, uh, you know, video from a, video from a fire, uh, a structure fire as the firefighters are responding so the commander knows how many assets he or she should send and what type of assets and equipment. Um, that is something that we, you know, we talk about. I think the general public, right, uh, sees on TV and they think, oh, law enforcement has that. Well, the dirty little secret is law enforcement doesn't have that. We wish we had it. We now are going to have it, but it's incumbent upon us. All the, all the chiefs and law enforcement and line personnel who are at the IECP, this whole conference is built around technology. And as the technology improves, so will our response in providing public safety to the residents of our cities and counties. Excellent points. And I will say this also about technology and about the application ecosystem. You know, we have uh, 
uh, just starting off in this application ecosystem for FirstNet, uh, if you look at the hundreds of thousands of apps that are available for just the general public, you know, a lot of those apps are, are, are designed by people that are pushing out a product and then determining if the public wants it. Uh, what we'd rather do is talk to the talk to our our customers, our law enforcement partners, and, and find out what it is they need and want out of this ecosystem, and then design programs and, and applications around that. So, input is very valuable. So, sure, we've both been in policing for over three decades, and I can tell you that how we communicate and how we use technology has changed significantly, as well as the officers that work for us have changed significantly in how they use technology. So, what do you think that the officers that work for you now, your new deputies that are coming up in the system? What do they want from technology, and how do they differ in how, the, in how we did our job when we first started? You know, that's another great question. I just had a, a very good discussion with uh, 12 de deputies who were hired by my agency. Uh, they're now coming into law enforcement. The average age was about 23 years, which is about right after a couple years of college and or military service. And, you know, these men and women, while being very young, they were very astute. Uh, they grew up in uh, the age of technology. They want information fast. Uh, they expect, uh, literally at the speed of light, to be able to access data and send data. They're not so good at talking on the phone, but they sure as heck can text you and get the information to you. Uh, if you, like during the a focus session I had with them, I brought up a, a term, and many of them had no idea what that term was because it was old police jargon. But, you know, two minutes later, one of them had looked it up on the internet while sitting there, and used it back at me. And you know that's what I would expect from our men and women who are becoming police officers is to think on their feet, make decisions, uh, do what they need to do, bring that common sense. But they do that uh, literally with the, with the speed of uh, technology and do it instantaneously. And I think that better serves the public as well. The public expects and deserves to be protected. They expect and deserve to have the best and the brightest men and women working for them on their behalf. And likewise, as the chief law enforcement officer of my county, my job is to bring them and provide the technology, while at the same time, you gotta balance it out with privacy and civil liberties. We, we absolutely understand that. But to provide them the technology to be able to get the job done on behalf of the residents. And excellent points. When you think about the youth of today and our new officers that are coming on our departments today and our deputies, is their access to information is unprecedented. I mean, it is it is amazing that what they have at their fingertips, and to be able to take that and leverage first that along with their app or applications ecosystem, that's a force multiplier when it comes to their access to information. You know, one of the other things that amazes me about technology and uh, young adults' use of technology today is, I've got a son who's 26 years old who's never taken a typing class ever. And the kid types faster than I do. Now he does it with four fingers, but you know, it's when I was in high school, I had to take a typing class to learn how to do that. And it's just, it's just how we have evolved and how they have evolved, and that is just through their use of technology. Well, Sheriff, I want to thank you for your service for the board, and thank you for your service to your community and our communities. And uh, I really want to thank you for appearing on our podcast today. Um, again, we're we're meeting here at ICP today, uh, 2018. Uh, it's been a terrific conference so far. I hope you have the chance to to visit. Uh, the FirstNet booth and also have a chance to sit in on some of our panels and some of our committee presentations. Thank you. Yeah, my pleasure. Thanks for listening today. We're excited to have you join our podcast community. Make sure to subscribe on iTunes, SoundCloud, and YouTube. You can learn more about the First Responder Network Authority at FirstNet.gov and learn about FirstNet products and services at FirstNet.com.